Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. Abinyat is the Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat with me, Kev Dillon, Lee Cabman, Aaron Jew. And our special guest today is Charles Dell. Now, Ch- uh, Charles has boxed for a long time for Droitwich and now he's coaching there. I, I believe you boxed for England, didn't you, Charles? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, and now he's doing this brilliant, brilliant project called. Sorry about the echo then. About um, I started a new project called uh, Boxing Positives. But before we get into that, let's just tell us a little bit about you, Charles. Tell us about your boxing and how you got involved in boxing. Yeah, yeah. So I was um, uh, 14 when I first started boxing. Um, I was pretty sort of low on confidence kid. Um, not really into like you know the general sports. I was always obsessed with, always been interested in strength training, even from a young young lad. Um, but then yeah, discovered boxing at fourteen. I think like a lot of people, just fell in love with the sport. Totally, you know, aligned with with everything I was interested in. I was obviously, you know, I loved all the training. Um, and yeah, became I think like you know boxers have to be became obsessed with the sport and, you know, very quickly sort of progressed in it, um, just purely down to the, the discipline and, and dedication. Um, so, yeah, I actually, you know, um, started boxing for England a, a few years after. Um, I won the, the junior ABAs um, and then went on to win the Three Nations and I had a few few matches with uh, Ricky Summers as well. I think he was uh, one of the Lions boxers and I think he was my Achilles heel for some time. He was a very, very awkward and very very good um, long-range boxer. I I was a long-range boxer myself and I think, yeah, came up against someone else that enjoyed boxing at long range and who had longer arms than me. Did you have two bouts with him? Two great bouts, weren't they? Four in the end. Yeah, was he? Copthorne on his home show, yeah, and then I thought we had two two wins each. <laughs> so yeah, it was um, it was good. We 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 left it a draw, <laughs> and then it, and then obviously you know I've, I'm proud to have said that I boxed him now because obviously he went on to to be a pro, and he's still still boxing professional now. So so yeah, I'm um, yeah, he's he's a he's a, a, another claim to fame, <laughs> and I um I also you know was sparring partner for um Tony Bellew. And Clever, Nathan Cleverly as well for um, for their bouts when they were rivals. So that was in 2010. So obviously I got the best best of them because Bell, you had heard I'd been sparring Cleverly, so he wanted to to have a go at me. <laughs> and I was, um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it was very good for for my brain, but uh, yeah, I must have had balls of steel at 19 driving up to spar there. Um, wouldn't do it now, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, I just obviously loved the sport. It, it, it was really, um, you know, it gave me a lot. Of the, the biggest thing for me was the the confidence it gave me. As a kid, um, you know, I felt if I can get in a boxing ring, I can do anything. So, I think everything dramatically improved in other areas of my life, like you know, my ability 
to to engage in you know the things I wasn't interested in you know at school my behavior improved uh, and you know so it's, you, you hear it a lot don't you um with with young people the benefits and I guess that's where the the seed was originally planted for me um and when I was boxing for England I was also helping out Chris at um at pupil referral units and doing coaching at schools um and obviously seeing how the discipline and um again confidence building that the non-contact was non-contact boxing was giving to these these other kids was was sort of showing me oh actually this could I guess I didn't think of it straight away at the time but as the years went on um I originally had that idea in 2010 where I I thought of um yeah taking it into a healthcare setting and obviously you know us as boxers we sort of understand it that you don't see any boxer get into a boxing ring and say I'm going to lose this they're all full of confidence um and I thought well why don't we we could align that to to people that are struggling clinically like maybe with mental health problems or even to overcome physical problems or brain injury and be used in in a rehab setting so instilling that self-belief and confidence whilst they're going into um uh, recovery from it from from illness and disability I, I i guess that's that's where it originated but i knew i wouldn't be able to just walk into a hospital and start coaching and i and that's where i was mid-20s i went back into education um much much to my <laughs> parents surprise actually going back into studying um but yeah and no, i studied to be a become an occupational therapist um to and sorry charlie you broke up then bro you just lost a bit of internet connection is everyone else still there i can i can hear you kev but i think we've lost Lost. I think we lost them. Yeah. Hopefully, you yeah. can uh, sign back in. As we all know, these internet uh, these internet problems in 2021 is unbelievable. But hopefully, it'll sign back in. But Ch Charles, I mean, what he's doing, um, just in case we can't get him back, it's remarkable what he's doing. This um, boxing, boxing positive, and he's working with people who have got Parkinson's disease and different brain injuries, as he was just saying. And hopefully you'll, you'll sign back on in, in a few minutes. But the hurdles that we as coaches, uh, when we're going to schools and when we're going to work with youth offenders, is so awful because everyone sees it as uh, they're going to you're going to get these kids, you're going to put them in the ring, and you're going to let them beat each other up. But it's the furthest thing from the truth. What we're doing within amateur boxing is teaching them skills. Yes, learn how to punch, but encouraging them not to fight. And there's a massive difference, as we all know, isn't that a massive difference between boxing and having a street fight? Yeah, it, it, it's, it trains you to take control of your emotions. Um, and if you can control your emotions in the ring, you can control your emotions pretty much everywhere. Well, that's what I think that's what Charles was saying. He was saying, like, uh, and so many boxers have learned, they went, when they've had to go to Liverpool or Birmingham or whatever, they go, if I can get in that ring and fight someone, what what's the job interview? You know, when you've got everyone there and cheering and giving you their advice, and if you can do that, yeah, you know, the world's your oyster. 
Uh, Aaron, I mean, what, what's your opinions on it, Russ? Sorry, what? got to say, just sorry, Aaron, before you come yeah. in, uh, Stephen Hobbs has just put it's conditioning for the mind. I think that is spot on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Just to add to what Stephen said, actually, I think um, alongside discipline, which you've touched on, and the respect, I think you learn a lot of respect. Anyone who steps in the ring, be that sparring or even into a gym, you definitely learn that. But I think the co- coming out your comfort zone, I think that helps condition your mind. So you're always being pushed in the, you know, when you, even through like training or doing bare piece or going for runs and stuff. There's always that element of pushing yourself. And obviously, it's a solo game when you're in the ring. But as a club, you're all in it together. So when you're spurring each other on, I always feel like that's what I personally enjoyed about boxing because you'd you'd go home thinking. I've just got a little bit better here. And it's amazing when you can beat your mind, convince your mind effectively. And it does, it brings out so much confidence. I think probably before I ever started boxing, you'd have the odd street scrap or whatever it was. And it, it's, it frightened me. But the moment I did boxing, I was actually never afraid to ever get into altercations or anything. But actually, I, I fought a lot less because of that discipline as well. So it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant two-way thing. I think, um, you know, more schools should definitely endorse it. I think we've got Charles back anyway. Yeah. There you go. Hey, it's, it's technology, Charles. It happens more than you believe, mate. So don't don't worry about it. Thanks for the veteran. <laughs> that would magic happens. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I, I was just I was just saying, like, I was just doing a bit of a summary about what you were doing, but I'll let you explain it more. What we were yeah. saying about like you just gone back into education. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I went into to. Um, in order to get boxing, non-contact boxing into, um, that was the long-term vision to to get boxing into healthcare um, and to try and use it for um, a range of clinical uh, conditions. Um, so yeah, uh, basically studied, went, in, went to Coventry University, uh, qualified as an occupational therapist and then set up Box Positive and that was three years ago. Um, and then since have worked in neurology, so worked in brain injury um, and mental health settings uh, within hospitals settings, and um, and then you, you know slowly been building up box positive on the side, and then just before Christmas I stopped working in it was in neuropsychiatry um, to to fully focus on on box positive because there's there's really a desperate need out there with the parkinson's population um and you know more and more people are getting in touch um especially being in lockdown people with parkinson's are you know it's the, it's the last thing really that they need because the less movement that people have that's what sort of parkinson's wants it's want, wants people to stay still so that it can sort of take a hold of you um and obviously the more movement that you do with a, a condition like parkinson's the 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 more you can combat the symptoms um and yeah so it was while studying i discovered parkinson's and that it's boxing's being used in america obviously again non-contact boxing is being used to to counteract uh symptoms and it's got really big over there so um yeah i thought well i've got to try and get get something started over here and i, I met lisa um, who runs Counterpunch Parkinson's in New Zealand, and she qualified me as the um, first UK qualified Counterpunch Parkinson's coach, um, and then yeah, just started um, 
seeing as many people as I could with the condition and started getting some real good results. Um, and there's lots of sort of before and after videos. You can have a look on the Twitter page um, and you can see, you know, the through engagement in in boxing and Parkinson specific exercises, we've had some like dramatic improvements in people's, you know, function, their, their confidence um, and their, yeah, their ability to do everyday tasks. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been brilliant. Two uh, things on I, that. Sorry, so, sorry, you go. Can I can I ask if so? Is the the training you do more tailor made to the individual person, or can can a lot of it because because um, me being an Xbox or under Kev, you do you skip in your bags and your pads. It was kind of you knew where you were going, what you're doing, or is it more okay? You you we're going to work on this and do, do that. And is there exercises that that help across the board or is it just on an individual basis definitely i think it's dependent on i guess where the person's at in their condition so if they're young say young onset person with parkinson's i've got a few people that were diagnosed as early as in their 20s um people where the the condition hasn't hasn't yet affected them so bad with the where there's you know shuffling with their their problems with walking um, they're likely to be able to, to yeah, do do everything. Uh, uh, you know, you or me would be able to do. Obviously, just a, a, yeah, a bit of a tailored approach, so wouldn't just jump jump in at the at the deep end. Uh, and yeah, you 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 would really know by assessing how they were on the first session and tailoring it to to their ability level. Um, but yeah, it's it, I suppose it is. It's dependent on their level of of functioning um and the the great thing was you know before the the lockdown i was working with england boxing and we started delivering workshops and it started at the south of the country um i had one right at the bottom and then we went up to to london and it, the we ha we did two workshops and there was a, a fair few coaches that came to that and the idea was yeah that it was going to be you know boxing clubs being offered you know, people with Parkinson's all over could contact their their boxing club, um, and that that coach would be qualified and and able to understand you know a bit about the condition and how to tailor boxing coaching to to that person. So that's essentially the the vision for for Box Positive. It's to to qualify more Box Positive coaches so they feel so that coaches feel confident to working with with people with Parkinson's. Because for me, I I feel like you know, there's there's clubs all over the country that are shut in the day, um, you know, that are not being used. Um, whereas, you know, you know, there's so many people out there with Parkinson's that are in desperate need, I think, of this um, service. And they've all got a boxing gym on their doorstep. I think we've, you know, we've got so many clubs here, haven't we, in this country, more so probably than in America or, you know, every per square mile, I'd say we've got loads here. So, you know, and it would be a great way to promote the sport as well. Um, so, yeah, that's that's I mean, the long-term vision. I mean, my granddad had, uh, my dad's dad, granddad Bernard, had um, Parkinson's all my life. And I, I remember him just having Parkinson's before he got it. He was a professional goalkeeper. But I only remember seeing him when he was a very poorly man. And so I've seen what Parkinson's can do to you. So anything that I think that we can help people, and it's... We've got to realise nothing, it's not like you're going to click your fingers and you're going to be better, but if we can slow down the process and get yeah. people hitting a bag, and 
it's so frustrating for them as yeah. as like how therapeutic is hitting something <laughs> absolutely and i th i think that's that's the key like we all now know that exercise and there's certain components of exercise that are good for the condition but the the unique thing about boxing is you know people feel like they've got that that control is being taken away from them with parkinson's they're feeling like you know they don't have control anymore and then the moment they stick those gloves on they they feel like a boxer then and it you know momentarily they totally forget about their condition and it yeah like you say it's it's absolutely you know it's very empowering um for someone to to, to momentarily forget about it but then over time that that strength they're getting in the sessions they they actually take that beyond the the club and they walk out you know that their heads almost can't fit out the door because they're <laughs> they're feeling so much more you know confident and it gives them that confidence yeah to to tackle everyday challenges you know guys have have said to me that you know cutting up food has been easier turning in bed has become easier and all those exercises in in boxing like turning for those hooks um you know the fast footwork working that dynamic balance you know pretty much everything about a boxing routine is it ticks all of the boxes for what is most the most effective exercise for for someone with parkinson's so it's essentially everything parkinson's isn't a, a good boxer is you know it does all those fast fast movements work working those fast twitch muscle fibers the agility um so yeah for, for me, it's it's great physically, but like you said, Kev, it, it's ultimately the most empowering um, form of exercise that someone could do with the condition. Unfortunately, what we what we have, and I know you're going through it as well, is the higher ups, the the doctors, or not all doctors. I'm not saying everyone's like this, but the doctors, MPs, and the people who could push this forward. They see amateur boxing and professional boxing of one of the same. Mm. But then, I, we're not. We're two different, two different sports. It looks the same, but there's very different laws and regulations. But then yeah. what you're doing, like when you work with youth offenders or some of a disability, you're tailoring it down again. So we're getting the skills and we're getting exercises for not having the, the punches and the, the injuries. But we are giving them all the same things, so they they, they are physically fit, they are mentally mm. better, they're rejuvenated. But there isn't the uh, there isn't the repercussion of maybe getting hit. But unfortunately, mm. a lot of these people don't walk into a boxing gym where they yeah. see a kid or a man or a woman who will never box, but they're a massive part of the team. Or in in I guarantee in your gym, in every gym around here, we've got every colour and creed. Different sizes, different weights, but they are Detroit Witch. They are the Lions. They are whatever club you are. Because a lot of us give people that family they've never had, even if they don't step into the ring and box. Definitely. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a huge thing, the, the community as well, isn't it? The, coming into a, a club and being supported. Um, and I, I suppose thinking back to the people with the... the parkinson's with the condition they they come to the boxing club and maybe for the first time they've with other people with the con, with the same condition and they feel like yeah they're they've got a tribe of people that are that are all fighting this condition together um and it is it's quite it's it's pretty amazing you know people that have 
said to me when they're on their own, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to a club where there's going to be other people. And then they get there and they, they realize actually, yeah. You know, and, and that's boxing. That is, it's the, it's the power of, of, of boxing and, and all being together, you know, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's something I think, you know, you can't describe it, isn't it? But there's, there's something quite special about boxing that you wouldn't, you wouldn't get um, with, with other, other sport. And I suppose because like Lee talks about this when uh, he's got a disabled daughter, when he's talking to another parent with disabled, you have that kind of, I can feel your pain. So if I've got Parkinson's or we've all got Parkinson's, you might be embarrassed to walk in, but then you realise he's got the dyskinesia or he's got the shuffles, then you go, it ain't so bad. I haven't got to be embarrassed because Lee understands or Charles understands. So you're also yeah. giving them a, a support bubble, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah. And what I think as well and why I want to get boxing coaches qualified and working with people with Parkinson's is because I feel boxing coaches have got such a, um, you know, incredible way of taking like a, a strength-based approach and looking at the positives. You know, if you've got the skill of getting a, um, you know, a young lad come back to the corner and you've got to take him from losing a fight, you've got to turn that head around to get him into a positive state of mind. The amount of skill that goes into that isn't recognised, I don't think. And it's that same ethos you have to use, I think, in a clinical setting, working with someone with Parkinson's, getting them to to recognise that they can do things when they've been told, you know, they can't, you know, there's no cure for Parkinson's, you know, you, they've got all these negatives in their heads. It's those, it's those same skills. And I think the, the boxing coaches um, has got that unique quality, I feel, that's um, that would be so beneficial not just for for Parkinson's, but working with any um, clinical condition. So, you know, whether it be mental health problems, could could be you know for someone undergoing treatment for you know cancer pre prehabilitation, could be a rehab following injury from following a brain injury. I feel like yeah, there's um, there's so many avenues that that coaches would be um, so you know useful <coughs> so, I just say, um, sorry we had Stephen Hobbs who, who's messaging and he's basically just asked that question whether um, what other how else can box positive help other people besides Parkinson's so thank you for writing yeah. in your question and I, and I hope um, I hope that's answered it for you Stephen yeah. I mean it's been proven I've been talking to experts and say boxing helps with PTSD boxing helps with Anxiety, boxing, but the problem is people, the professional see it in a certain way, but hopefully by doing what you're doing with this, and I think it's all about getting the results. If we can get more positive results by doing it, and the only way yeah. we're going to get more positive results by doing it is by getting more people on side doing it, as yeah. exactly what you're doing. So when you do do your course, I know me and Leo will come and do it, won't we? Definitely. Yeah, without yeah. doubt. Yeah. Aaron, is there anything you want to say to Charles? Nothing really specifically. I was just gonna. Um, I was just interested in how you're looking to scale it. And I know Charles, you said that you want to try and get other boxing coaches involved. Um, yeah. I was just. I was just doing a bit of googling and having a look because um, I've worked with occupational therapists myself uh, in one of my previous careers as a social worker. So, in, in order to kind of scale this out and get it out there, do you need occupational therapists on board, or is it something that you have sort of like a blueprint that you can teach? 
boxing coaches, for example, to help yeah. people with Parkinson's? How, how are we looking to kind of scale it up? Because I think it's a fantastic thing that you're doing. And I think, like you said, the gyms are dead in the day. We're not, they're not making yeah. use of them. You're making use of them, what, six hours a week at best, mm -hmm. Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, or, or they're not, probably Tuesdays and Thursdays as well. But I think yeah. I, that's all I was asking, really. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the vision would be for, <laughs> I mean, yeah, for, get, for getting the healthcare professionals working collaboratively with boxing coaches. So, mm. um, yeah, it would be nice to have, you know, the programmes running nationally and linking up with, with and, and I guess that England Boxing were doing the, the workshops, um, funding that for the coaches to come to in each region. Um, and then I guess those coaches would then work with the healthcare professionals um, that would okay. be doing, you know, the, the, the qualification as well. Because, um, yeah, I feel, you know, there's more to teach a, a healthcare professional, actually, in terms of boxing. So I'd, I'd quite like it to sort of be a, a case of, you know the, the boxing coaches come to these workshops and then sort of help in the the qualification stage so you'd sort of have both you'd have a half and half like boxing coaches and healthcare professionals yeah. at the qualification and both could teach so the healthcare professionals could teach the clinical side to the coaches and then the coaches can teach obviously all the the boxing maneuvers and skills to, to the healthcare professionals so you know things things were moving before the lockdown we had the first the first course booked but um you know it's 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 still going to get there it's we just yeah. gotta um i guess wait but, absolutely but yeah i was just I, I think that's a great point that you said that the health professionals uh, need to be educated somewhat in relation to boxing as well um yeah. and i say that because i worked in the adult sector for a social work for about six months on a placement and uh, we had an elderly gentleman who's very active, really nice guy. And uh, he must have been a boxer or something, or he just loves throwing his hands around. And um, when I used to sit with my managers and, and kind of, we're looking at almost what can we help him with, like what activities can we send him out with? And at that particular point in Shropshire, I was saying, I think it'd be great to do boxing. Obviously I had a bit of experience with boxing myself. And I was thinking in terms of like balance, coordination, building strength, you know, fast twitch muscle fibers and all of that stuff, I thought it'd be great. But their understanding at that at that point was kind of like, oh, no chance are we going to take the elderly. Into, I mean, he never had Parkinson's, but it was like, we're not going to put him into that in, arena environment. But I'm thinking, mm. that's not, I'm not saying he has to go and fight Anthony Joshua. I'm saying he, he mm. just needs to learn the basics of it. And I think you're right. So, it's, it needs to be a two-way street. Yeah. it's um, Yeah. And I, and I guess for you, that <laughs> I've been in that, that situation a number of times. And it is, yeah. Very, very frustrating because... I think people do. They hear the word boxing and they think straight away, like Kev was saying, of professional boxing. They think of the, the fights that were on TV last last week and the two mouthing off at each other after the fight. Um, and and, it, and it's a shame. It's a real shame because, you know, there, it, there's so much power there clinically that it can give to people. And also, you know, that old guy, the, you know, might, might have actually been a lot stronger than people were giving him credit Absolutely. to. Absolutely. You know, oh, he was um, definitely, he definitely was. <laughs> yeah, and and you know that that's the other thing. People come to these sessions, they throw a punch on the bag, or they do, um, you know, a press up 
and they and they've they're surprised at their own abilities so not only can they surprise themselves and build their own confidence but it it changes other people's perceptions as well it shows people what what they are are capable of doing um so yeah i think um i think yeah the tide's turning hopefully but uh, but yeah i've been really in that in that situation since starting going into healthcare and i've been quite sort of amazed by the the stigma and i didn't i didn't actually i wasn't aware of it because i was so involved in boxing i wasn't you know I, I just saw all the great things about it i didn't i didn't really look at how you know other people's perception of it is um but you know it's it's nice now being on you know being able to understand what other people's views are and actually talking to them on a level and trying to get them, you know, changing their, their perception even it's, it's, it's good. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to have, you know, other people on board and I feel, I feel like I'm, you know, battling out there on my own sometimes, <laughs> you know, the, the doctors and all sorts, but, but like you said, Kev, there, there are doctors that are now, you know, um, referring to box positive, which is, which is really, you know, good. And that's a tribute to yourself, isn't it? We need that pat on the back to realise we are doing something. Because sometimes, when you know you're doing what, and you just keep getting pushed back, it's all destroying. But you've got to have that boxer's mentality and just keep getting off your stool and seeing the next round through. Definitely, yeah. It's it's the it's the people that that I see that give me the the motivation and courage to keep going, and um, you know the positive results that we're getting. You know the and um, that's that's essentially what drives me. And I've been to talk to to a room full of full of doctors and been quite intimidated. And then once they actually see the clinical reasoning that's gone into why it's so beneficial, they're like, "Oh, hold on a sec. You know why haven't we been doing this for for, for ages? You know we need to be referring more people to gyms. And how many gym boxing gyms are there? <laughs> they need to be signing them up." <laughs> Is there, Charles, I, I kind of work within that sector as well with disability equipment. Um, is there a lot of uh, clinical trial support in your evidence at the moment and what you're seeing? Yes. So there's there's a few um, research studies that are specifically looking at boxing um, for Parkinson's where there's been some improved outcome measures um, and there's some results for those. Um, I can... I can send you some of the the studies if you want after after this. Yeah, that'd be um, fascinating. La- Thank you. The, the latest study I think was done um, in 2019, um, but yes, yeah, all of the um, other studies that have been done have been around exercises that are um, you know dual tasking. So exercises that involve involve multitasking, things that are cognitively complex. Um, like balance training um, and I've, I've sort of looked at all of these and I've thought well actually all of these exercises in these programs that have been researched and proven as beneficial all of these exercises fit well within a boxer's routine so so actually yeah there's hundreds of studies out there um where and and also the added benefit the unique benefit of the boxing as well is the up in the engagement level of the the person that is engaging in you know a rehab 
exercise program it's not very motivating it's it can't, sometimes it's not very interesting just standing with one foot in front of the other and try and hold it there whereas it, you know if you've got someone like kev said if you've got someone stick stick a boxing glove on them uh, that's that's the ultimate um empowering exercise intervention isn't it and um i think you know that this is it's ways of motivating people that um that are you know perhaps they have that apathy or, or depression that also comes with you know chronic illness you know you need to find a way to motivate them and and unfortunately you know throwing your arms out to the side and it's not going to engage some people whereas you know stick a boxing glove on them and get them to to punch a pad actually that's yeah that's more engaging so you can you can cre create um activities within a boxing program that are yeah clinically reasoned to be beneficial there's there's lots of evidence um for for it yeah um is it mainly yeah, men or have you got men and women yeah so um I suppose that's been the benefit of the one of the benefits of lockdown is the the zoom sessions seem to be quite uh appealing i've had quite a few one-to-one uh, -one zooms with with ladies recently and um and actually yeah we've got quite a few ladies but there's it's predominantly guys there's there's more men that that, that enjoy coming to to box positive i could i could argue that parkinson's affects more men than than women but it's, it's not that it's it's just i think it does it appeals more um to to the guys but we are getting more i, I think as well charles it could be a bit of the stigma of the boxing club as well uh, uh kicking in there that it's a macho environment yeah. that that not that maybe women don't feel welcome but um just to say that Every boxing club I've ever been to and travelled to, and every show, women are more than welcome to come in there. And not only Absolutely. that, they they really enjoy it. They really enjoy being part of that session. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And it could even be because of the like Parkinson's. I know you said early, like late twenties, but usually Parkinson's affects people in um in a later life. So maybe the older ladies don't particularly want to do it. But, you know, I mean, my mum has got Parkinson's, but God bless her, she's always heard the ladies' classes, given her all, and, you know, and it's, you're not training to box, you're training yeah. to get fit, let out some steam, and enjoy yourself. You're not, you're not going to be uh, fighting Charles then at the uh, fawn in March. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've, got, I've got nightmares at that place now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, isn't it funny, but... bruv, how you meet people in the boxing world, you know, yeah. like from 100 years ago, and um, you remember each yeah. other. And, and this is why I love having you on and um, from different clubs, because it's a big boxing family, isn't it? You know, and, yeah. and I think, oh, the Lions have got it out for Droid, we should have got it to the Priory, or they've got it out for <laughs> And you're going, look, if we're boxing each other, we want to win. But more mm. we can get clubs into club sparring, then when we're at the tournament, you go, bloody hell, that's Charles playing the club. And you all start cheering for him. Or once you get past the Midlands, and then it's gone from the Lions and Droitwich to we're the Midlands. And then we get to the Nationals. Now we're England. Mm. You know, and that's, it's the community. And I think this is showing what a, a great community we've got in the boxing world. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, Ricky was hugely helpful for me, for as a both as a as a opponent, but as a... Um, yeah, as a sparring partner as well. Um, 
was really good. Uh, I, I used to come over to Lions and obviously your dad as well. It was, <laughs> it was great. I had a, yeah, a fair few sessions there. And Alan Bray as well when I was younger. Yeah. He used to help out a lot. He cornered me actually in my British University's um, championship final. I won won that, and he he told me so. We're getting on to boxing now. No, I won't. I won't shut <laughs> up. Now. But yeah, we, it, he told me something really useful in in the corner to the um, after the second round. He said, you know, just one little thing. He said, angles. Start using angles, and um, that was that was it. Then started putting sticking some angles in, stepping to the side of the opponent who was coming in in a straight line, and that was it. Totally. Um, yeah, obliterated him, <laughs> and it was just that little, <laughs> that little thing <laughs> of being told that little bit of information. I shouldn't have, shouldn't say obliterated. I'm trying to promote boxing as a <laughs> non-violent. But, but the, <laughs> yeah. the truth of the matter is, a contest is is you know you're out there to box. We yeah. can't we yeah. we can't sugarcoat what a bout is because it is going to battle. But yeah. the difference is between amateur boxing, professional boxing, A, we're not getting paid, B, your cornerman loves you. So if you're getting hurt, you're going to be towelled. You've got mm -hmm. referees, you've got judges. Amateur boxing, like Olympic boxing, Commonwealth boxing, is the art of boxing. Like when money gets involved in anything, the water mm -hmm. starts to get more murky. But boxing, when you're in there, <laughs> it's not a tickling contest. But what we are doing, what you're doing with Box um, Positive and what we do with the special needs and everything, that is the skills without that contact. Because mm. you've got to have a brain cell, haven't you? You can't think, oh, he's got Parkinson's. Oh, go on, give him 10 rounds. <laughs> you know, and you think you're bloody hell. You know, no. and because we're doing it, we are aware of the risks and yeah. we wouldn't dream of putting them through those risks. It's got to be enjoyable. To be fair, the, the the guys with Parkinson's, they've um, they they do enjoy getting in the ring with me when I don't throw anything back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's fun, though. <laughs> yeah, suddenly they, uh, their Parkinson's goes out the window. They, they, they let those bombs go then. Um, but yeah, it's um, I think yeah, the, 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 uh, like like I said, the unique thing and why it's so engaging the the box positive program is is yeah because it's got that element of of punching fighting back fighting back against this this condition and regaining some control um and yeah if 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 only you know i think you know i'm singing to the choir here when I, when i'm doing the w workshops as well if if only you know people within the the clinical settings would understand what how powerful uh, boxing is and what it actually does you know the positives of it then you know that it would be a, a different story and i think it would be used more widely within um you know hospital settings but you know I, that that's that's my vision that's my goal and, and i think it's your everyone else's goal isn't it so, and and i think we we are getting there um so yeah well we we um if you get the post up lee we we're doing our um uh, support group tomorrow night as we're doing it every Wednesday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., uh, where we'll be having a two-hour chat after the first hour, go and have a coffee or whatever, stretch your legs, and then uh, we'll carry on the talking. It's not all doom and gloom. I mean, last couple of weeks, talk about serious stuff, but we have a blooming good laugh as well. 
laugh and, you know, it's just blows getting together. Then hopefully, well, as soon as we're allowed, hopefully the 14th of April, but I won't make a promise, we will be able to do the half an hour tour, go and train for 45 minutes-ish, warm down and finish on a tour. Because as Charlie said, it's getting your frustrations out. Because I keep saying, some days you'll get there and go, as you eat, being careful. Oh, I mean, what's doing me, Eddie? You hit the bag for a bit and go, you know what? It's not great. I'm struggling. And then having that endorphins from the training and having that, that brotherhood around you to talk and not having the fear of being judged. So if you'd like to attend to it, uh, email us at Lee. So email us at blackcountryblokes at gmail.com. We are limited to 15 spaces um, at the moment because of COVID, but we are going ahead every Wednesday. And as Kev said, it, it, it's, um, it, can, it's, it can be serious chat. It can be a light-hearted chat. But I guarantee you'll come out of there and you'll, you, you'll feel a lot lighter and you'd have had a laugh at some point. So I think that's what we've all missed. You know, human beings being tribal animals. We've missed being around other people. And as much as you love your partner, sometimes they're the most difficult person to talk to. So come have a vent, have a laugh, and, you know, I'll even give you a coffee. Have a um, but, but, Charles, thank you ever so much for uh, coming on, bro. I'm just going to have a little ramble about Thursday. But while I'm talking, have a think. Um, have a think of a quote or a saying that's helped you get through life with your boxing. and also. How can people get in touch with you? In fact, answer how people can get in touch with you first. Okay. Um, yeah, people can email me, uh, charlesdelve at boxpositive.co.uk or just have a look at either the Facebook page um, or Twitter. Um, I need to get some videos on YouTube. Conscious of that, I spent spent all afternoon last week, Friday, and it was uh, didn't get a successful one. But yeah, and that, there you go, and my, that's my email, and you'll find on my website as well my phone number. What what's what's your uh, what's your um website? Is it box box positive? That's it. Yeah, boxpositive.co.uk. Yeah, brilliant. So what? Thursday we're just having just the four blokes chewing the fat. Uh, Craig's going to get his babby. We've written some suggestions there, and Craig's going to get his babby to pull one over the hat. So whatever comes out tomorrow, we'll be chatting about it on Thursday. And as always, if anyone's got any topics you'd like us to talk about, please write them in, you know, because we're, we're up for talking about anything. We're not experts, but we are experienced in most stuff. So, Charles, any sayings or quotes that's helped you get through life? Um I used to say I will win <laughs> because it, it's not I'm going to, but that was that was before a, a fight, and it just wills you to to. That was before a boxing match, but you can just you apply it to any, any setting. I couldn't think of a think of something. I will win. There you go. Could be well, guys, until we talk to each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Ta-ra-ra. Thank you very much, Kev. Pleasure. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta-ra-ra-bit. Listen, listen, listen.